God. Let's just pray. We thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you're here today. We thank you, Lord, that this is your body. We thank you, Lord, that you have a plan and a purpose for us. And I pray, Lord, that you'd speak to our hearts, soften us, Lord. Speak to our minds, Lord, and give us, Lord, the wisdom, the understanding, the knowledge, the counsel, and the might, Lord, the fear of the Lord. Put your spirit in us today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just want to continue uh, right away with uh, the theme that the Lord has been speaking. It's just about giving our all, giving our best to God, giving everything that you have, everything that you are to Him. This world will take everything from you if you let it. If you let this world take from you, it will keep taking and keep taking and keep taking, and it will not stop taking. This world is demanding did you know that? Did you know your time <laughs> is demanding? It's, it will keep grabbing for you. And you will never, ever, ever have enough time for God. You will never, ever have time to come to Him. Who's heard this before? Well, I'll come to Him when I'm ready. Who's heard that from someone you're trying to share the Lord with? I'll come to Him when I'm ready. I got some things I need to do first, some things I need to accomplish first. In other words, what they're saying is, I have some sins I want to commit first and then let his blood wash it away without knowing it. And sadly, though, many of them never, right? You see them, they straighten those areas out. They try to do it in the flesh. And they straighten the areas out that they promised they were going to, but they never come to Christ because they missed that he is not something that we attain to, something that we, you know, we build ourselves up for. They miss that you make him first. You make him the center. And everything else falls into place, doesn't it? When you make him the center of your life. Doesn't mean everything's perfect. Everything doesn't look like a bed of roses all the time. But God has a way of straightening out the most mangled messes, doesn't he? And it takes time most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time it takes time, but he does it, doesn't he? It's miraculous what he's doing in us. And I'm just, uh, as we're ending this year, I am reflecting on what he's done in this body here and what he's done with this group of people, us together. I am amazed at what God has done already in us and just the changes, the changes in me. I see as I'm looking inward, things that God's just changing the way I think, just changing so many things in me. And I love that he's, he's still God. And then I'm looking out and I see God just doing so much in you. And that's incredible. That makes his kingdom real. That's what makes it all worth it for us to just keep going, to keep trusting him, keep being believers together, doesn't it? And we have that hope. In fact, that's what I want to talk about is the fact that we are together. God has put us together. He has put this group together. We are a group. We are assembled. We are not individuals with individual calls, and that's it. But yes, we are individuals with individual calls that are put together to benefit each other. Your call is not for you, believe it or not. I know you've been taught maybe all kinds of different things in your years. We're not going to go there. But your call and your gifts and what God has given you is not for you. Jesus is our example. Whenever in doubt, 
Throw all the books away. Throw all the teaching away. I'm not saying they're bad. Maybe they're good teachings. But when in doubt, just go back to the Bible and go find out who Jesus is and what he said. And if the books you're reading and the theologies you're believing and the teachings that you were raised with or you're learning now line up with him, then so be it. But if they don't, then it might be good. There might be some wisdom in there, but just throw it out. What did Jesus say? And who was Jesus? And Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. And then Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, follow me. In other words, I'll show you the way that I live, and I'm not doing something so you can do something different. That's a misconception in Christianity. Believe it or not, maybe not in this church, but a lot of Christianity believes that Jesus did something so you don't have to do it. What Jesus did was he showed you the way. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the way. Now, the one thing that you do not have to do is go to hell. That's the guarantee. It says that he swallowed up death and sin and crushed it. Jesus did that, and you can't do that. Nothing you can do that can swallow up death and sin. You cannot conquer those on your own. Jesus has to do that. But if you fall in his footsteps, in the footsteps of life, not of death and sin, which are heading in a particular direction, but I follow him in his footsteps, then I'm guaranteed that death and sin is always going to be behind me. Because Jesus is right here and I'm following him right to the end. And death and sin are behind me. They are no more. They have no power over me. And don't be surprised when you turn from him that you don't find yourself back in sin and death. It's very simple. It's a simple gospel. Jesus is heading somewhere. He was heading to the cross and through the cross. The cross was a stepping stone to eternal life. It wasn't, it didn't end. He said, it is finished. Death and sin is finished. But resurrection and life began at the cross. So our lives are following in Christ's footsteps. And if that point that I made, I think we get that, right? I make that point well enough that Jesus showed us the way, the way to live. And he said, I did not, come on out loud, I did not come. Come on, this is our, if Jesus said it, then this is our words. I, come on, raise your hand. I did not come here today. To be served, but to serve. You, as a Christian, I wasn't sure. I had a lot of lines floating in my head in the Holy Spirit, and I, hopefully, I'm just running them through his filter. (laughs) Yeah, good luck. I'm going to say something really sharp. The greatest weakness of the church today is that most of the church model, the model of the church, is about me going there to get something. And is the reason the church has no power. In fact, and you've heard me say this, I'm going to say this again. The church is not a building. You did not come to church today. We chose, because the Bible tells us to, to assemble constantly together. That's what you did today. You came to assemble together. You didn't come to church. You are the church. 
And the problem is if we, I know it sounds like preschool, but if you think you're going to church, then the second question is once I go there, then what am I there for? And most people today go there, get what they need, get a nice sermon, have a time of worship, and then they go back to their lives. The Lord is truly calling us. I've said this before. I, gotta, I have to say this. If we don't get this now, the times will come when you're going to be confused. You're not going to get what's going on because it's gonna, it could look like God is failing this nation or this valley. Times will come of trouble. And if you don't realize that you are the church without a building, you know the Chinese church does not have a building. And yet, is the, do you know it's the fastest growing church in the world? You cannot stop it. You can't stop it. Because you know what they realized was they don't go to a place to get anything. They realize that the church, the kingdom of God is within them. That you have the kingdom of God within you. And that we choose to assemble for two reasons. One, because... We are brothers and sisters, and I just want to be around other people that have the same hope and joy that I have. That's one, and that includes praising God, encouraging each other, and so on. But two is because I don't know it all. Come on, I want you to raise your hand and say, I don't know it all. Believe it or not. <laughs> I know you don't believe it. I know you did it because I said to do it, but you don't believe it. The second reason is because we are, the church was made, and there's many passages in the scriptures you can, I don't have time today, but there are many passages. The point of the church is to sharpen each other. And if we come to realizing that that's what assembling together is for, we just wake up on a Sunday with a totally different mentality. Now listen, I want to say this very strongly, but I, don't, I know you, so I don't think there's many of you with this. But if you are in a place that you are broken and needy and you are at the cross right now, then as I've said before, you got to let that happen. you got to let Jesus do what he's doing in your life. And you are there to be served. There is a time where you need, <laughs> you need, you can't do anything. But if that's our lifestyle, if our lifestyle is constantly at the cross and we never leave the cross, Jesus left the cross. You have to, we love the cross. Without the cross, there is no resurrection. There is no eternal life. Unless you die, unless you come to a death, right? Unless you come to the end of yourself, come to the death, and come to the place, as I said last week, where you just say, not only am I willing to die, but I don't care what anybody says, what anybody thinks. In fact, not only don't I care what they think, but I love you even though you're making fun of me, even though you're mocking me in this, even though you're even literally killing me. Remember Jesus and Stephen? Forgive them. When you come to that death, you have now entered a life, come on, you've entered a life, a living, the lifestyle that you should be living in as a believer. And this life in resurrection life after death is where the Christian is supposed to be. If you skip the cross, you don't get resurrection. So I am saying that as a very sharp disclaimer, that the cross and your death is vital 
not just vital, it is impossible for you to be a Christian without the death of you. In fact, well, that's the big, that's a stumbling place because I want to carry my flesh with me. I want to do my own thing and no, I can't forgive and etc. All those things that have to die at the cross. But we are called to be resurrection Sunday. Come on. Sunday morning, resurrection Christians living in life. The death of ourselves, just as in the image of the death of Christ, we're following his, in his footsteps. We're done. We're finished. We don't need anything. We're not, we, Lord, you, he, Jesus tells us, don't even think about this life. The sparrow of the, you know, they don't even, they don't think, they don't worry. They don't wonder. Where's life? How's life going to happen? How's all these things that the world worries about? You just live. You just go. And I'll take care of your needs. Did God take care of your needs so far? Right? And will, do you believe that he's going to continue to take care of your needs? So just leave that there. Does that mean that you can't have some wants? Of course you can. You just don't care about them. Come on, you know the difference. There's a place in your heart where it starts to have you. And as a mature Christian, you've experienced this where the Lord asks you, even though it's not sin, it's not darkness, but you have to kind of lay it down because it's just going to take too much of you. Well, the Lord's speaking today. Who believes the Lord's speaking a little bit to you today? <laughs> Lord's speaking. I love that. I love when he speaks and I don't have to. It's hard for me. It's easy for him. <laughs> we need to come to a place where we realize we are the church. And if we don't understand what that is, it's not a building and it's not what you can do in here and, and how we can make this, this place like amazing. That's, not, that's been the, maybe the mentality you've learned that church is. And then all it is is a place you go to. And then like we're, we're witnessing to somebody, but it's like we want to get them to our church to get saved. Come on. Don't, you're laughing because you know it's true. Like, I don't know how to do it. I got to bring them to a place for it to happen. Because you think, now listen, you're laughing, but it's because of the mentality. We have, this, we have sayings in Christianity that I grew up with. It's a word called Mindset. It's this pre-ingrained mindset that this is what you, you believe. And the Lord's breaking those things, crushing it, because it's a different church. We're not better than anybody else. We're just one cell of a big body. But the Lord's not going to allow you if you let him. If you let him, I say that a lot, because that's the truth. That's the gospel. He's a gentleman. Doesn't make you, but he makes it darn clear which way to go. <laughs> He's smashing those things, smashing those mentalities. But as long as you think that church is a place, everything in your life, everything about being the church is going to be different. If you think it's a place, then that's what you'll do. You, you got to take your neighbor to the building to get them saved. Instead of, listen, let me just share my testimony with you. It's not, a, it's not anything grand to me, but they're, they're looking at you and you don't, you don't realize... They had you under the magnifying glass, and you do realize, I've said this before, once you mess up, then they, you realize they're watching you all along. I've been there. Been there. Oh, man. My own personal, more than once, but I thought he's a pastor. I heard he's a Christian. 
I thought you were a Christian. I never told you I was a Christian. They know. The world knows. world knows. And so our whole mentality about what church is needs to be crushed. You are. Just say it out loud again. I am the church. The kingdom of God is within me. And we together are his body. Period. Period. Come on. It's been said many times. I'm not the first preacher to say this, but our inclination is that we get saved. Now it's like, okay, now I don't want to be in the world anymore. Why would you? I'd rather just recluse. I want to go live in Hawaii or up in the mountains or just away from society. Love Jesus. I don't want to run away from Jesus. I want to run to him. But we want heaven now. That's not necessarily a bad mentality that are instantly we're actually craving. That's basically what you're doing is you're letting Satan trick you into trying to bring heaven before it's time. There's a, there's a, there's a, there are steps to be taken. Jesus, I'm sure, wasn't looking forward to that cross, and heaven was on the other side, but there were some things that needed to happen to get there. And that, that mentality that we're looking towards heaven is awesome. Don't lose that. Don't lose the Hawaii in your mind, the mountains, or wherever that place is in your mind. Don't lose that. We should be heaven-bound and heaven-craving. We should be craving it, but because of that, because our eyes, then with that's then if you if you had if I gave you five years, I said you got five years, and uh, the rest of your life you're going to live in Hawaii, and it's really expensive to live there. You got five years to save up as much as you possibly can. Are you going to be dilly dallying and playing and doing all kinds of other things, trying to live on vacation now, or are you going to say? It's coming, and I know that, and I'm looking forward to it, and I can't wait, so I better make the best use of this time that I've got, because once the day comes, whatever I have to live, then you're there, and when you run out, you're poor when it's done. What would you do with the time you had? So we need to be heaven-craving, heaven-bound, but Satan could try to trick the church, try to trick the Christian into just reclusing and getting into that place. That's not Christ. That's not the church. We ha- it doesn't matter what teaching you've heard, what you've learned, what you think. doesn't matter. Go back to the Word. Just go to the Word. Go to Christ. Go to the Scriptures. And what do they say? That Jesus, he, remember I preached a couple of weeks ago, you got to keep withdrawing and getting into the Spirit. But then he came back out and the Bible says he had compassion. Compassion. There's this constant going in, getting the presence of God, getting the Spirit of God, coming into this building. Oh, wow, now we're getting somewhere. You're going to come into this building, just a building. It's not the church. You are the church. Come into a building, and wait a second. If Jesus withdrew to get built up, but the, actually what he, his ministry was not in the hidden place. The, whole, the church thing is, oh, let's do all of our ministries right here. The ministry is out and about in your life. God puts you in a life on purpose. We're just, who's, come on. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I'm just like you, okay? So I can't, but we, gotta, we try to get through our week, going to work, doing this, doing that. As a Christian, just getting that stuff over with so then you can be a believer together with other believers. Come on. Are you just like me? What we need to realize is, is that you are the church and the time together has one purpose. That's two purposes, but it's really one. One. 
is the gathering together is the one purpose. The unified together, but it's building each other up. You're giving God praise, but you should be giving Him praise 24-7. We're seven-day-a-week Christians. But we set aside a special time that the world doesn't. We give them extra praise with no distractions, no work, not praying while you're driving. That's fine if you do that. But just push aside time where it's just him and just you and each other together, sharpening each other. And it's like, well, I was in this situation and I was in that situation. And, and, and then we go back into our week and have, like Jesus said, compassion on those around you. That's the church. That's the body. You know, I, again, I, as I look, that we got some that have never been taught anything else than what you're hearing now and some that have been taught other things. So we've got kind of a mixture here. But, but when I grew up, a lot of what we were taught is that everything was inside of a building. We talk about going out, but all the experiences and all the stuff that we create, everything was in a building, there's not much that happened in buildings in the Bible. The Holy Spirit pours on them and they can't help but open the doors. They don't hold it in for themselves and come out and say, wow, the Holy Spirit was amazing in there. The doors pour open and the streets get saved because they understood what true Christians were, what a, a true believer was that it's not about me. And as much as I love you, Holy Spirit, touching my life right now, and this is amazing, incredible, and I'm not saying you're not experiencing him inside the building, but it's not for you. Whoa. Because you know the Holy Spirit did not fall on them for them. They didn't need him for them. They didn't need him for them. The streets outside needed him. Yes, because God is amazing and he does so much at once, he's like... Doing things in you quickly at the same time. But it's not really for you. Are we making any sense today? <laughs> God's good, isn't he? You know, we find this when I'm talking about Jesus prayed for you. Did you know that? Did you know that right before he left, one of the last things he did right before the cross in John chapter 17, he prays. For us, it says in John 17, verse 18, it says, just he's talking to the Father with the disciples present. They could hear what he's praying. And he says, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. Wait a second. Jesus is identifying with the Father that the same personality, the same person, come on, let's just get this, what a believer is, what a Christian is. It's not Jesus giving you a happy meal. Jesus is not a key to the gates of heaven. They're like, whoa, I'm here now, click, I got in because I got Jesus. Yes, you'll have that key. That key comes with the package. <laughs> It's not a happy meal. It's a pretty big package. Comes with a lot of stuff. And eternity is there, and he, and he is the key, and He's the only way in. No way into that gate without Him. But if it was just that, then as soon as you said yes to Jesus Christ, you would drop dead. What's the point of your life? Why live after that? And what are we supposed to do with that time? Well, it's very clear. Jesus was not sent into, like, remember what the scripture said right here? It says, 
He says, Father, thank you. I had this amazing time. I've been here for 33 years. It's just been incredible. And I uh, just want to thank you for my mansion. And I didn't get a Bentley, but I was pretty, I'm really happy with my Chrysler 300 because it looks just like one. And uh, so just want you to do the same thing for the believers. <laughs> Why is this funny? Why is that funny? He said, hey, Father, in tears and in love, with just life pouring out of them, Lord, and he knows what they're going to face, so, you know, he knows that there's life ahead of them and eternity ahead of them. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He gave you a promise. He gave them a promise. And that promise is yours. Don't let go of that. Don't let the devil rob you of that. I'm telling you whether, you, whether you picture that promise like Hawaii or the mountains or whatever it is, you picture that, you focus on that. That's not new age. That's not other religions. They're just stealing it from the word of God. That's the Bible. Jesus wouldn't have told us that if he didn't mean it. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Why tell you something like that to encourage you just so that then you suffer through life or have it here now? Why tell you that I'm going to prepare a place for you if it was here now or if it was just about suffering? But there's the proper steps. I'm going to prepare a place for you. In the meantime, come on, everybody. I want you to say out loud. In the meantime, I'm not confused with what my life's about because Jesus told us. He said, I'm sending Tony and Linda into the world, just like I was. He said, the, just as, come on, what's that say? Just as. <laughs> Wait, so just as Jesus? Are you sure? Are you sure it's just as Jesus? Are you sure it's not like, well, Jesus had to do extra stuff? Well, he's Jesus, so, you know, he could do what I can't do. Wait a second. He can do, because Jesus said, you'll do greater than even I'm doing. We haven't seen that in the church yet, have we? It's coming. It's coming. Because the church, man, times are coming. As the times get darker, the light's going to get brighter. Amen. We should hold on to that. We need to hold on to that. But he said, I'm sending them into the world. Come on, this is a good prayer. This is a good prayer he prayed for you. He said, he said, verse 19, and I give myself. When you read the rest of this, I want you to also picture twofold. This is a twofold prayer because he just compared your life to his. So when he prays this, take it, receive it for you, but also pray it for your brothers and sisters. Because if it's just as him, then that means that what he prayed for you, you are called to pray for others. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice. Well, that's it. we already looked at that verse more than once. And Annie said it, Romans 12, 1. There we go. There's the proof. I gave, give yourselves as sacrifices. Why? Why was that? That wasn't weird. He was just saying what Jesus showed us to do. Jesus was a holy sacrifice. So in Romans 12, 1, you be a holy sacrifice. Well, that makes sense because that's what Jesus told us to do. And he said, I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them, right? Who are you doing it for? 
Does God need? Do you think that God needs? <laughs> but when we give ourselves, Romans 12, 1, as a sacrifice, pleasing, it's this aroma of it's pleasing to God, but it's for a purpose. It's not just the death of you so he can go, ha ha. I love watching you suffer. Love your death. No, it's because your death brings life. Because just as Christ brought life into the world, so can you through your death. When you choose to satisfy your needs last, if ever, come on, I want you to say that out loud, if ever. <laughs> oh, we don't like saying that. When you choose that, you're pleasing God, but you're also touching. You have chosen to give your life for the world around you. And if we don't, no one will. No one's going to do it. There's that song you guys heard in the Christian radio. I'm not going to wait for someone else to do what God has called me to do myself. God has called each of us. He's given us all gifts. He's given you something special that just you are and just you can do. And the Bible says, Jesus said, verse 20, I'm praying. Come on, this is the proof that he didn't just pray for the disciples. A lot of people, this is crazy. I, I actually think it's heresy that they think the disciples had something special that you don't. I think that's heretical, that something like stopped after the disciples, actually, and then somehow they take Paul, wasn't even one of the 12 disciples, and put him in, that, they, that the disciples picked the 12th maybe a little too quickly after. No, I'm serious. This is some of the teaching out there. And then so after the 12, including Paul, Paul being the 12th now, all the works and everything that Jesus did, now that's it. That was it. There was a time in the Bible, and then it's wrapped up, and it's crazy. Here's your proof right here. Like I said, when there's a teaching that you're not sure about, a book that you're reading and so on, just go back to the Bible. It's all in there. And it says, I'm praying, what's that say? Not only for these disciples, but for Paul. Wait, no, no, wait. But for Paul also, because he'll be the 12th. For Paul, and then that's it. I'm praying for all who will ever believe in me through, wait, 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 wait. And here's the fun part, through my message. No, 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 wait a second. Through whose message? Did you know you have a message? Did you know that the church, that the point of the church Building each other up, sharpening each other, worshiping God, ready, all together, and then out of the room, out, out into your world with your message. That's not heresy. That's the word of God. It's your message. He put it in you and he puts your thread because your story is only your story. If he wanted one generic story, he would, have, he would have all made us all exactly the same. We all have a different testimony, which is overcoming, right? We overcome, right? By the blood, yes, but also the word of our testimony. What's your testimony? Yes, it's Jesus on the cross, but how does that, how did Jesus on the cross touch your life personally? That's your testimony, it's not just that he's on the cross, it's that, come on, we love telling our, 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 we love it, actually. Maybe you don't like talking up here, but you love telling people what Jesus did in your life, one-on-one. -on -one. 
I was here and he did this. That's your message. So Jesus came with a message, his message. He empowers you, gives you your message. While the the church is starting to, we're looking at it a little bit differently. Anybody looking at the church just a little bit differently? I know it's just this couple minutes of one day. Anybody looking a little bit differently at who you are as the church, as the body? He said, I'm praying not only for these, but all. Verse 21, I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one. He also said, and this should be your prayer for your brothers and sisters as well. This is the gathering. This is the assembling. It's funny. <laughs> Lord, you got to, Lord, help me today. <laughs> Being mean to me, Lord, making me say a lot. <laughs> if we can't get this room figured out, being one, and being one with other rooms, you know. No wonder the world looks at us and just says, you're just like all the other religions, just fighting and warring over stupid stuff. And you know what that stupid stuff is? You can boil down every stupid argument, every stupid jealousy, every stupid thing that we fight about to me. Me, 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 me. They did this to me. They pushed me aside. They, mama, blah, 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 me. Not, we got into this argument because all I wanted to do was die for them. You don't hear that argument very often. And if you did, it should end with this. They didn't receive me, but forgive them, Lord. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Lord's just hammering today. Bam. That's the Lord. Lord's speaking sharp today to us because he loves us. You know he loves you so much. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. And he's a good father. He's the best father. He really is. And we have all our perceptions of fathers. I had a good father. My father's here. A good earthly father. But God is the best father. You got it, whatever, some of you didn't have a good father on this earth, and you just need to wash that away. That's irrelevant. That was, their, that was their loss. Whoa. Not their mistake. You're still here. That was their loss because they didn't get to enjoy you, maybe as much as they could have. But God steps in and says, I'll be your father. But God is God. Let's leave that at that. He's got his ways, and he's good. He wouldn't have said he's good if he didn't mean he was good. So when you don't think he's being good, he's still being good. Right? <laughs> I pray that you'll be one. He said, but, but specifically, he said, because Father, you were one. We're one. There's a relationship. There's a oneness. And my, my will is second. The oneness goes like this. Thy will be done. Your will, not mine. My will is irrelevant. What I want is irrelevant. That's the oneness that God's looking for. You do not care about you. 
but just the others will. How can I please you, Father? How can I please? How can I help the body? What can I do for the body? And, I, and when you make that decision, a lot of Christians, they say, what can I do for the body? But the very first time that someone says one little tiny thing to offend them, sorry, guys. So I tried, God. I've heard so many, man, I heard a story of a person went halfway across the country because God told him to, and he got offended and came all the way back. And I'm like, what are you doing? What'd you think was going to happen? They put Jesus on a cross. When he said, thy will be done, where did he end up? On a cross. Thy will be done. There's only one place you're going to end up, and that is ostracized. That is, come on, just get it now, because I don't want the devil to try to trick you. As soon as anything rocky happens in our life, we say, God's abandoned us. I need more faith. I need to do more. No, you just need to understand that you might be exactly where you're supposed to be, and the devil is up to something, but God's going to use it, just like he used the cross. As I've already said, and I'm going to say it again, that's what a marriage is. It's death. It's a good death. Come on. I know, we can laugh. I'm such a serious mood right now. It's not a, you can laugh. It's all right. I get it. But I just, I'm on like a sharp line here. It is funny, but yeah, I know. But it's the end of you. It's, it's not me. And, and we, have, we have lots of years to learn this. <laughs> right? It's a hard road. But it's, but it's when you realize that, that's when joy starts happening. When real love starts happening. How can I be there for you? You start saying, what about my happiness? Not that we, I'm not, I'm happy. But you start saying that, you are on a very slippery, you are on, you're on the, the highway towards destruction. Destruction. Jesus, I'm telling you guys, I'm saying some, some these are Holy Spirit, these are some things. Put these things in your pocket. Do not let these lines out. This is the, the Lord is speaking today. Hope you hear it today because he's speaking to us. Do, put your happiness second. And that's if you ever get to it. It's going to always end up being second place. And I'm telling you, you all of a sudden, you stumble upon joy, real joy. Like Paul said weeks ago, Weeks ago when I was preaching about Paul, he, he just, he found this joy through the emptying of himself. You find the world has this word happiness, but God has a word called joy. Actually, I don't think the word happy is in the Bible. It's not. The word joy is. It's a different word. Your pursuit of happiness was a lie from the pit of hell. You pursue happiness, you're going to end up where they do. That's that movie's all about Wall Street. You know that movie, The Pursuit of Happiness? And, you know, I get it. It was cool. You know, he went from total poverty to being a rich guy. Fun story because you can see adverse, you know, you can overcome anything. And I get that stuff. But what did he attain? Happiness? What was happiness? Because now he's got a Ferrari? Give me a break. Give me a break. That means anybody who doesn't end up on Wall Street's not happy. Name that movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. Come on, making any sense? But Jesus said, 
one as we are one. Father, I'm in you, and may they be in us. There's a oneness that Jesus had in his Father that he tells us. He prayed that we would be in that oneness with him. He said, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Wow, wait a second. You want to witness to the world? I'm telling you, everything's in the Bible. People say, I picked up the Bible, it's too confusing. It's in there. It's line upon line. If you want the world to see Jesus, he tells you right here how to do it. Literally, there's any question, even as a kid, I grew up in the church, people would say, any questions in the Bible? I'd be like, here's my question, and I don't see that answer. Because not necessarily word for word <laughs> like that. This one is, Father, when they get to be one, when they are one, as we are one, doesn't mean there won't be a cross. Come on. Doesn't mean there won't be adversity. Doesn't mean there won't be objection to the message that you're preaching. Because most of the world actually rejected Jesus. Those that had ears to hear and eyes to see, it was going to happen for them, and it did. And the rest is free will. You don't worry about that. You just keep speaking, you just keep speaking, you just keep speaking, you just keep speaking, but you can speak all you want, and if the world looks at us and sees us torn apart, that's the witness. It says, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. A oneness together and a oneness with Christ. Oneness with Christ does not include all your flesh. It doesn't. That's, what, that's why the world is so confused. They look at us and they hear the name Jesus. I hear Jesus. I know that that building is a church. I see the cross. But I'm a little confused because their actions don't match. They're fighting with each other. And, and then when you get out of oneness, all kinds of other stuff starts coming. Because if you can't agree... Come on, Jesus told us, wow, wow, Lord. Jesus said, even the world loves each other. And actually, I was just talking to someone the other day. There's this common, there's this joke in Christianity in the church that Christians won't help other Christians move. And it's true. It's actually true, but it's funny. The world will drive like five hours to help each other move, but the church does not help each other move. They won't help each other do anything. Like, and I mean, I'm not saying you haven't helped someone, okay? But it's, it, I said it's a joke. But jokes come because there's some truth to these things. I've been on both sides of that. In fact, one, my dad and I, we do a snowmobile trip we used to every single year, routine. And there's this really special trip because they release the next year snowmobiles and you get to ride them. Let you put, put you on these things. But this guy in the church had asked me to drive the box truck to help him move. I didn't realize it was on that date. And I'm not, I'm not patting myself on the back. I swear, this was not build myself up. But I didn't go on that trip. And my dad was really upset. Hope he understands today. <laughs> I was upset too. I was just, believe me, I was just as upset. But I told this guy that I would help him. And my pleasure had to die 
And I had to do what I said I would do. And it's funny, Jesus said, the world loves each other. He said, if you can't even love each other, I'm gonna ask you another level. I'm asking you to love your enemies. If you can't even love each other, how do you think you're gonna do that? That means when the world says to you, you blankety blank, 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 which they will, and I'm not offended. I don't get offended. I'm, at the, I'm in the workplace. I'm in blue collar. Okay, I know white collar swears too, but I'm in blue collar world. They don't talk clean. And I, don't, you know, I just don't get offended because I know they're the world just deceived. So not looking at them, judging them. But they might say all kinds of stuff to you and you then choose to do a good job for them and love them anyway. That's hard. But that doesn't happen if you can't love and help each other. If everything that you're about as the church, as the church, as the church, not in a building, how can I be there for my brothers and sisters just as Jesus was there for me and is for me and will promise to be with me till the end? And he says, I'll just finish it up here. He says, and he said, may they experience, verse 23, it says, verse 23, I'm in them and you are in me and may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know you sent me and that you love them. That's how they know as much as you love me. Verse 24, Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. See, that's the ultimate, and don't get rid of that. Don't get rid of that. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. God loved the Son, and the Son served the Father. Let's look at this picture. Jesus multiplies. Jesus comes into the world. He loves you. Wow, now we're seeing this picture. He loves you, and we serve him. God loved Jesus. Jesus served the Father. Jesus loves you. You serve him. Do we see this picture? Let's stand. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord for everything that you've done in us. We thank you, Lord, that you're good to us. We thank you, God, that you're good to us. Just want every hand, let's just raise our hands to him. Just close your eyes. God, you are good to us. And we thank you, Lord, that you're working on us. The Bible says, just keep your eyes closed, your hands raised, that, that you are clay in his hands. He's molding you and shaping you. He's making you a vessel, the Bible says, of honor. He's making you a vessel of honor. And he's going to pour some of him in so that you can pour some of him out. We thank you, Lord, that that's what it's all about. We thank you, Lord, that we get, just as Jesus did, Lord, you we're with him through the whole process. That's the gift. That's, 
Lord, our joy. That's our hope that you're with us through the whole process. But it's not the things we attain because we've already attained everything, Jesus Christ. And that, Lord, is our reward in full, immediately. And we thank you, Lord. Just, Lord, as your servant, Paul said, Lord, it's my joy. It's my joy to serve him, to suffer with him, with him, by his side, for the cause of others. You can't earn any points with God. There are no brownie points in heaven, but you are willing to serve for others. We thank you, God, that you've called us. We thank you, Lord, that you have separated us. You pulled us out of those things of the world, Lord, and you pulled us out of all that junk and fighting and pitting to get somewhere, and you did not put us, you did not separate us to then put it here, but you separated us, Lord, to be selfless. You first, Lord, just like you said, and others before us. We thank you, Jesus. Just give you praise and we give you honor and give you glory.